Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. The Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the TalkHouse Podcast. I'm executive editor Josh Modell, and I'm delighted to start my tenure as the the most-of-the-time host and to start off 2021 with a fantastic, funny, and lively conversation between Mixmaster Mike and Bootsy Collins. It's not too often that we've got two Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees on the show together, though these guys are not exactly associated with rock and roll either. Mixmaster Mike is a turntable pioneer who changed the sound of hip-hop in the early 90s, and that was before he willed himself into a long-running gig with the Beastie Boys. He's never stopped chasing new sounds and cataloging old ones, which is evident on his latest album, a collaboration with legendary drummer and multi-hyphenate Steve Jordan called Beat Odyssey 2020. As for Bootsy Collins, it seems crazy to try and sum up his career in a minute or so, but he's certainly best known for his far-out look and incredible bass playing as part of Parliament Funkadelic. He's another guy who's never satisfied when sitting still creatively, as evidenced by his latest guest-filled album, The Power of the One, which features everyone from Snoop Dogg to George Benson to Cornell West. This is one of those conversations where you can hear just how excited these guys are to speak with each other. Bootsy is clearly a huge influence on Mike's music, and Mike is psyched to dig deep into Bootsy's incredible past. We get to hear some great chat about the first part of Bootsy's storied career as a really young guy recruited at the very last minute into James Brown's band. These dudes have lived multiple lifetimes, and they're still psyched to do more. Enjoy the conversation, and if you like what you hear... Make sure to follow TalkHouse on your favorite social channels, all at TalkHouse, and to subscribe to the podcast. We have some more amazing chats lined up this year. Let's get to it. Yay! <laughs> What's the heck? What's happening? How y'all doing? Everybody good? Oh, man, it's a pleasure being here, baby. You there, Mike? Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, my God. The album, Bootsy. Yes. The Power of the One. The Power of the One. Oh, man. You got a lot of flavors and you got a lot of layers to the funk on this piece. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was kind of reaching for. You know, I wanted to um, show people that music is music, no matter what genre you in love with. It don't matter. It's all music. Right, right, right. I mean, and you can show people that we can all work together. It just depends on who's putting it together. It's a chemistry. And if you want to work together, all of those little things adds up. And I just felt like this album had to say more than that. It had to be a a showpiece where it could show where people could work together no matter what genre they're in. And the music can still be beautiful, you know? And I think that's what's happening in this power of the one. You know, everybody just came together and was excited to get to play with one another, to even be with one another, you know, up until a period until the COVID thing hit. Then we really start realizing that, man, how much we really miss being together. So it was a good lesson and a bad lesson, but I think it takes the two to come up with that balance of the one. And it all coming together. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. On top of that bad, deep thing, it was still a good thing. Uh, Of course, you know, there could be beauty amongst the chaos. Definitely. And, and, you know, lips turn blue, slide easy. (laughs) I think one of the greatest songs ever made was I'd Rather Be With You. 
Oh, wow, and, yeah. And, and yeah. that's one of my favorite songs growing up until this day. I mean, and, and that represents to me music being timeless. Oh, man, man. yeah. It, it's t- and and, and that, that hit me really deep. Amongst yeah. uh, your whole, your, your entire catalog, Lips Turn Blues, Slide Easy. And then you had a little trap influence on Soul, Not For Sale. A little trap beat oh, going yeah. on, Bootsie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm still learning stuff. It's like, I know the old school thing back and forth. But, uh, you know, I work with different young artists and I'm still learning. I think the day you stop learning is the day you need to just crawl on in the uh, six feet under. You know, it's no. like... I'm forever learning and I don't want to stop just because it's past my era. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's never past my era. It's, it's, it's past when I say it's past and I don't say it's past because it's exciting. It's exciting new stuff, new technology. Of course, it's different than the way we did it because we all did it together. And so it's nothing wrong with somebody playing with themselves, as I call it, because that's that's like the trend. That's like what's happening. And it's the technology allows you to do that. And so the second half of my record, that The Power of the One, I had to do it in a new way with uh, sending tracks out, talking to people, Internet, you know, that whole thing. It's a, it's all a learning curve. It ain't the way I, I wanted to do it, but it's like sometimes when you get put in certain situations, you have to figure out a way. And that Lips Turn Blue that you mentioned, she's originally from Cincinnati. We started working on it. And then when COVID hit, she had moved to Chicago. So I had to kind of finish it by sending her the track, and then she sent it back. And, yeah. You know, yeah, this is cool. Well, let's change that, that kind of thing. So, right, right, right. So right. it was all a, 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 a learning process for me. Because she sounded like a little bit of Jill Scott and Erica Badu. Like, it was, it, was, it was them vibes. At the time we hooked up, she wanted me to do something on her album, which, which I did. And that's the way we hooked up. It was about... I'd say about maybe a couple years ago. And I said to myself, man, when I do this next record, I got to have her on there. Because she got that old soul thing, but it's fresh. It's so fresh now. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so we came up with this track. And it was like, you need to be on the vocals. And she didn't know how to speak Spanish. So we had to get a, a, a tutor, I guess you would call it. She taught her word for word. And she actually sung the chorus in that same day. This this was before we did the, the verses. She did the Spanish parts first. I mean, it's kind of backwards, but that's the way we did it. And uh, once we got that down, that was like the hardest part. The rest of it just flowed and flowed and flowed. For me, I mean, personally, it's like music is like a science experiment. The equations are the notes, the riffs are the molecules, and the composition wow. entirely is the atomic structure. 
And what you are able to do is make everything current. And blessings to your, your longevity is incredible. And can we talk about longevity and, and, and your drive and your passion and, and, and how you got this far to still becoming like an elite creative? Like what is your main ingredient to drive those creative forces out of your heart? I think it's the encouragement I can see in other artists and especially young artists because they like spark me and I never look down on them like they ain't doing it right or they ain't doing it like (laughs) we did it. All of that's kind of useless. It's like, how are you doing it now? Because that's what I want to know. So we both learn from each other. And as long as that's the vibe, I think we can continue to grow together instead of growing apart. And to me, that's the key. I want to grow towards you, not away from you. Because in reality, it's set up where you're led and you're programmed to be separate. But I just don't believe that. It's good that you can have a separate way of doing something. But as people, we still should be able to come together and do things together. And it's cool. Somebody has to say it's cool. Hence the title, The Power of the One. Yes. And that power is in all of us. But somebody had to tell me what I was doing was cool. You know, James Brown had to tell me, man, at some point he got to a point to where he could say, you all right. You 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 cool. So in other words, he was he was saying no matter of your shortcomings or whatever, you still do your thing. You still do what you do. It was hard for him to say that. And then once I got through that one and got with George, he really jumped on board and said what you was doing was cool. So we all need somebody that you look up to or that you admire. It could be your parents. It could be your brother. It could be a friend, somebody you look at and you take their word. You know, you don't take their word for granted. If they say you're doing something cool and you all right, then I took that to heart. If they said it, I don't even care what nobody else says. I'm going for you, it. You, you, and that's what brings me, I mean, to you. I mean, being in your presence reminds me of why I'm here and what yeah. my purpose is. And you're talking about these cosigns. Yeah. of life that you've received. These yeah. cosigns from these astronomical figures. Hendrix, James Brown. Oh, I mean, man. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's just such a blessing. And I just, I just want to just say that I'm just blessed to be in your presence right now, brother. And I'm in awe. That same feeling you, you feel right now is the feeling I had in front of James. And it's like, it's like this can't be happening. This this cannot be. And then everybody that everybody that, that came up after that time, after I'd been with him and everything, asked me, did I get paid for doing sex machine with him? And did I get paid for soul power? And did, at that time I wasn't thinking about getting paid. I was so much into being in the room with this mother. The, the door was open and you walked in and you sat on the couch and you was like, here, give me that bass. I'm in the house now. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Crazy. Yeah. Because that was a whole different time period. And that's why I don't compare like now with then because it's too different. The mindsets were totally different. 
I mean, the younger set now, they know so much now that we was like dummies just out in the world wanting to do our thing. And it just so happened we hit the trip cord and somebody started paying us. It was like, <laughs> oh, you mean we get paid for this? No, exactly. That And that became a bonus. That became a bonus. Yeah. You became enlightened to the bonus. Yes, yes. Of getting paid and making and actually making a living out of this. Yeah, yeah, because we didn't go into it to make a living. You know, it was just something that we had fun doing and getting together as a group, as a band, and and just doing it the way we wanted to do it. That was that was enough. And then all of a sudden we start going around and people start wanting to pay us and this, that, and the other. It was like, oh, James wanted to pay us. It's like, what? We thought we had to pay you. It was a whole deep thing, man. So that whole learning uh, period from there brought me to here. When I see these young artists, musicians coming up, man, and they got so much knowledge, so much everything that you can't even have no excuse not to be on it. I mean, you got all of these people right. teaching you. You got all this online. You got all this info. Access, access that we didn't have. Yeah, yeah. That that we had to find out on our own. So so life isn't like our life isn't was an improvisation. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Our life was an improvisation. <laughs> we're we're intuitively using our spidey sense to navigate through all these situations. But the excitement yeah. is, is what drove us. That's right. Being in the door, being in the door. Once we're in the, once we were in the door, like when I hooked up with the Beastie Boys, so it's, it's a very similar situation, Boosie, with me. I grew up listening to the Beastie Boys. Like I always felt like I'm part of this band. I have something that they, they need. need. Yes. And I was convinced they need me. They need me. Yeah. And so so when I left these these messages on Adam Yauch's answer machine and transmitted these sonic messages, ultimately that got me into the door right now talking to you. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. I don't take no for an answer. That's my thing. Like I I believe it. Like I'm convinced. You know, you know, like how Trump is like a habitual liar and he's convinced yeah. and he believes his own lies. <laughs> he believes not, it. Not comparing me to Trump, but I don't know right, what, right. why that, that came about. But I'm just yeah. saying like I was convinced that I was here for a reason and a purpose. Even before we met James Brown, we got in the door of King Records and totally unaware that we was going to even get to meet James Brown, we took this other gig just because it was King Records and maybe we'll get to see some of the stars because it was a lot of stars going on. Isley Brothers, Hank Ballard. I mean, this is like back in the day, you know. A roster of legends, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you're this you're this young cat. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm like, you're this young cat and you're I'm like, like oh, 15, shit. man. I'm like 15. Wait, and it's like, wait, Boosty, Boosty, you was 15? You was 15 years old? Yeah, when I started working over the King record. That's that's eighth grade. Did, did you drop out? Did you drop out of school? Yeah, yeah. I, did too. I dropped I, out in the 10th grade. In the 10th grade. grade. <laughs> 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 that, that, that's how I know there's some alignment going with me, yes. with me and you. Yeah. Yes, 10th yes. grade, yes. man. You, 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 you learned all you needed to learn. 
to go on your journey? Yes. I found myself just all I could think about while in school was music. When I first started going to the junior high, that's the first thing I signed up for was music class. That's the only thing I was (laughs) interested in. And of course, they didn't have guitars or basses, so I had to pick an instrument, you know? Yeah, what music class would have taught Bootsy music theory and and what you needed to know for your journey? That's interesting. interesting. All I needed to know was about the one. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you needed. It was just the one. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like you're in school and you're just like, okay, teach me some music. But they're not capable And you're thinking, okay, maybe they're capable, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, they're not capable of teaching me I'm going to come up with and what I'm going to create. But you know what? It's funny how the one works because my interest was, I already knew that I wasn't going to get what I wanted. And I already knew that I wasn't going to be able to play the instrument that I wanted, but I wanted to be around music and I wanted to be around music-minded people. And what happened was the guy upstairs that lived above me, he played clarinet. And I talked to him. He was older about what did he think I should do? Should I go to summer school, get a clarinet, and he would teach me? Because he already had said, I'll teach you in advance before you even go to summer school. Around that age, kids was like, where are you out if you <laughs> go to summer school and don't hang out with them? And no like, doubt. I had to make the choice whether to go to summer school and do clarinet, something I never even thought of. Bootsy on a clarinet is... is- I can't see him now, but but then, but then I was on a clarinet. And, and check this out. Wait, wait, did you have to buy a clarinet? At that particular time, schools was allowing you to take the clarinet or whatever instrument you play home. Like a library card. That's right. Me and the music teacher was like this. Okay. And any instrument in the in the music class, he would let me play it and see how I liked it. So what I'm saying is my musical journey at school, it was pretty cool because it it wasn't what I wanted, but it was something I think I needed because it was a whole lot of discipline going on and wait on this. No, do it like this. So I learned how to read from the seventh to the ninth grade on clarinet But after I put the clarinet down, all of that went out the window. But I am glad that I I went. I I mean, I I probably couldn't even make a note out of a clarinet right now. But I am glad that I I did go. So it was a good thing. It was a good thing. When did the bass come into into the old fold? I started playing guitar at nine. I was like nine years old because my brother played guitar and he was like eight years older and he was like the teenager and real cool, you know, had the cool clothes, all the girlies. And right, right, so right. I wanted to be like that. And so all of that started happening until my brother needed a bass player in the band. And I was like, OK, I don't know nothing about playing bass. And I was trying to let him know that just let me do it. Don't worry about it. I got you. 
And he, he was like, well, how can you play bass? And you ain't even got a bass. And I'm like, well, if you get me four strings, four bass strings, I'll turn this guitar into a, into a bass. <laughs> oh. Wow. And that became the birth of Bootsy right there. That was the birth of Bootsy right there. The birth, the right birth there. of Bootsy. And I was like about 14 or 15, around in there, when I when I joined his band. And so joining his band was the start of, yeah, that whole Bootsy thing. The first night we played together convinced him that I could do it. Because all his boys... <laughs> <laughs> had been telling him that, man, your little brother Bootsy, that mother. They had been telling him, but he wasn't listening. Because older brothers, like, they don't want to be have the responsibility of the young. Get that knucklehead. I totally get, get it. Get that mother out of here. You know, so, you know. Exactly. He wouldn't let me exactly. in rehearsals or none of that stuff. So He wasn't trying to pay homage to the one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't want he didn't want to have nothing to do with the one man. Little bro right here could fall back right now. Little bro could fall back. <laughs> and from that day on, we was the band. We went from playing in the club in the little bitty club Rat Holes to James Brown, and from James Brown to Holy Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, it was a heck of a ride, man. It was definitely a heck of a ride. Uchi, tell me about like, it was just out of nowhere where you got a call that, okay, meet on the runway because James Brown's jet is going to come and pick you up and scoop you up. Yeah. And you have yeah. to be ready like in 45 minutes. And you was like, no way. And then you got the call like, you better meet me at the runway. Actually, Bobby Bird came and picked us up. He flew up from Columbus, Georgia. You knew Bobby Bird. I knew Bobby Bird from King Records. That's that's how we started to know everybody but James Brown. We didn't meet him yet. Right, but the band right, and right. all that, they were our friends. I mean, you know, we'd bring them drinks and whatever. whatever so they, they were like the homies. Yeah, okay, yeah. And okay. we, we was all cool, man, until this idea of James had fired him on stage and was sending for us. But we didn't know nothing about them being fired. All we knew was James was calling us to come play on his show. We thought he wanted us to open for his show. He wanted you to be part of his band, like at the drop of a hat. But nobody told us that. You didn't get the memo. We didn't get the memo, man. In other words, we crossing the picket line on our boys, on our homies. Bruh. And we had no idea. Maceo, Fred. It. Stop I mean, it. we walk in and see these mugs and they looking at us all crazy. And it was like, <laughs> oh, man, what have we done? We go back in the room and then that's when we find out what James had did. He had fired the band. The audience was out there. They hollering and screaming like the band is late. They thought we was the band that was late. They was hollering. And they were, they were pissed off at you guys, right? They, they were, pissed, were off. pissed off. Until we hit the stage. <laughs> once, once because we, you knew the song. Yes. You knew you knew what to do. We had to bring the one, man. We had to, <laughs> we had to bring the one. And you, and you brought the one that night. <laughs> well, we bought a piece of it. We bought a piece of it. <laughs> <laughs> the half of the one. <laughs> yeah. Bro, yeah. We had legendary. to get with James to get the total the total picture of the one because we Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Once we got with him, I was convinced we had the total package of the one. That's awesome. So he so he didn't he didn't issue out no uh 20 20 20 20 like fines that night, did he? 
Like, no, he used no. to he used to hang out. He used to hand out fines, right, to the band. Yeah, like yeah, like I mean, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Is that true? Yeah, Muggs had to pay attention, and it was always about keeping your eyes on James because his body rhythm meant something. I mean, he wasn't just moving and shaking like that just to be moving and shaking. Everything meant something. It's just like a note. Every note means something. You don't just play through a note just to play it. The notes have to mean something. Right. And his body rhythm means something. So every little thing he do, we have to catch it. And if you ain't paying attention, you miss something, it's like this. That, that's right, because those notes have to have integrity. Yes. Right? Yes. The notes have to ha- have integrity. So tell me about your tell me about your connection with Clyde Stubblefield. Oh man. I mean, Clyde Stubblefield and Jabbo. I have to say Jabba because I stood right in the middle of both of those drummers. As you know, they were the most sampled drummers in the whole world. And I got the opportunity to stand in between them two and play. And I'm supposed to keep my eye on James Brown. Don't don't forget that, right? My focus was supposed to be on James Brown. Those were the funkiest drummers And to this day, nobody in the world has the signature that each one of them got. I mean, they both got a certain signature that they play. And I can tell without even knowing if who it was, if it was Jabbo or Clyde. Clyde's thing is is got some other kind of fire on it. It ain't just funk. His thing is that when Clyde, I mean, that mother comes in with fire and funk. You know, I ain't never seen nobody play like him. His left hand does some other kind of things that, I mean, the normal normalness does not allow, you know. Yeah, because you're a drummer too yourself, right? He's the cause of that because I'm I'm standing there watching. And right, it's right. like, dang, I had to try to do that. If you listen to Stretching Out, that's what I'm trying to emulate. Clyde and those African drummers that we heard over there with Fela in, the, in 1970 when we went to Africa. I heard some other kind of drumming over there. I call it Pediculous. But check that, it, man. Even Jabbo got another. That's where New Jack came from, was, was Jabbo, because that's the way he played. The swing, right? The swing. The swing. Yeah, that's what Jabbo was great at. So he, he wasn't, you couldn't say who's better, Jabbo or Clyde. Because they both had two different things going on. And to me, they were both the best. Who had an everlasting impression on me was Steve Jordan. Oh, oh yeah, Steve's bad. Yeah. Well, he know all of them. Steve know, he know each one of them signature. When he came here about four years ago, when we did a couple of songs together, he came to the studio 
And he actually showed me that he knew how to play like Clyde. He knew how to play like Jabbo. He could do all of it. And each time I heard him do the different signatures, I knew that not only did he study, he got the feel. It ain't just playing, you know, note for note. You have to have that feeling with it. No, exactly. What I like to say is passion steers the the wheel. Yes. Wisdom, loyalty, integrity with no compromise. It's all about authenticity. I think Steve Jordan embodies that authenticity. Yes. Where it's yeah. like, okay, that 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 that's it. It's lit. Yeah, he got me. You know I mean? He got me good. He got me good with that because I <laughs> I had no idea anybody was that close to the real thing, and it was like, wow. If I wasn't looking at it, if I wasn't looking at him, he could he could be the cat. He could be the one. I, I give a nod to Steve because that boy is definitely on it. For me, nothing is more gratifying than giving birth to original energy, right? Yeah. Original yes. composition. Yeah. Original, original composition. People are always looking for the template, right? What's the template? Let's go past, let's go, what's past the template? Yeah. You know, with be, being curious as a, as a creative, what, what's beyond that template that's already been created? Let's create a new a new template. template. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, what you have done with your new album. So I, sal- I, I salute you. I salute oh, you man. for, for, for the longevity. You. And for me, my longevity, for, for you know, my, my, longe- my longevity is when I got sober, um, when I turned 30 years old. I know what that's like. That's the key to my longevity. That's I, the, I that, know. That, that's that, like. that, that was the key. To, yes. to my longevity, because yes. it was just like I was scared to get sober. Mine I didn't. Too. I, didn't I didn't. I didn't know that I could be me without being under the influence. Under the influence. You're right. You're right. But 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 when I when I stop when I stop that when I stop that shit, like my creativity went on to otherworldly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherworldly. Yes. Where I, where yes. I started creating. To the reptilians, to the greys, to the Anunnaki, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was becoming, it was coming, it was becoming telepathic. Wow, yes. I totally get it. I totally get it. I was becoming it. telepathic with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where it was yes. like I I I was one with Siddhartha and, and the whole thing of thinking it thinking as as just just this one creative being. And what yeah. what what can I do to provoke thought? Wow, man! As as a as a as a creative, what can I do to provoke thought as a creative and create my own lane and build my own highway? Yes, yes, yes. And that's what that's, that's what, what it's, it's about. about. That's, that's what, what it's about, about right? There. Build. Yes. Use the architects. Like you, for me, you're you're my hero. You're you're one of the main architects. You built this whole thing. So it's just like we need to uphold the law of the creatives. Yes, yes. You using Bootsy, using the energy of Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah. John Bonham, John Paul Jones, Miles Davis, Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson. I mean, yeah. Clyde Stubblefield, the yeah. Meters, the Funk Brothers, Lalo Schifrin, Morton Sabotnik, Dick Hyman, using all that energy, all of that, and yes. going and going. How can I now build my own highway? 
Wow. That's deep, man. And and that's what I've done. And that's what I've done. Yes. That's what yes. I've done as, as a being of, yes. this, of this planet, of this planet, of this planet. It had to take that, the main thing that you thought was your Wizard of Oz. You had to see it for what it was. And that's the same thing I had to do. I mean, it just took me longer. I think it took me longer to come out of it to start realizing what you what you realize now that it's about creating your own lane. Yes. I was just kind of just going for it as far as I can go away from what I thought was the norm. It was like just getting as far away from that and seeing if I could do it without doing the other thing. For me that was that was the challenge that challenged me the most was, can I still do this without doing the other thing? And once I found out it was possible, then I kept going for it. And I'm continuing to go for it. Because your confidence is way, because your confidence is way up. At this point, your confidence is at a level where it's just like, okay, I can't be stopped right now. Like this is meant to be. And you embrace that this is meant to be. Yeah, then sky's, yes. then sky's the limit. Then sky's the limit. Man, we gotta hook up, man, because you you make it you make you make sense of it. I never I never had made sense of what I was doing. It was it was just I I just had to continue to do it and develop it and continue and continue. Bootsy, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm I'm, I'm part of the rebellion, and I know what's going on. I'm I'm I've been woke. Since the yes. early mid nineties, I've yes. been woke. Yes. Alongside yes. music, I've been woke physically, spiritually, everything. It's not yes. just music. Yes. It's not just music. I got I got I got I got a lot of ancestors yes. that are that yes. are behind me. Yes. Yes. From from Russia yes. to Germany to the Philippines. So I run that power through my ancestors to get to, to get through my, to, to get across my message to the world, and 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 you were one of those architects that enabled me and that inspired me to do so, and so wow, I, I, I I thank you, I thank you, bro, I thank no, you. No, I'm thank I'm thanking you too because, like I say, I'm I'm hearing this, and it's like it's kind of like an uh, uh, even another awakening. Like I say, I I never I never really think about it like that, but to hear it. Is is an awakening in itself, and I appreciate that because every time I'm talking to <laughs> to somebody, or it's like I'm telling I'm telling the stories, but it's hard to kind of get fed. When I get fed, it's it's something more going on than than okay, just another interview or just another talk. It's, it's it, no no no, Bootsy. It's cosmic. Yeah, it's cosmic. There it is. It's cosmic. Because when I read Behold the Pale Horse by William Cooper in the William mid-90s, Cooper. The, yes. that, that's when I was just like, okay, I know what it is. I know what it is. William Cooper, come on, man. I, I know you what it is. And, I, and, 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 and I'm, and I'm going to make the soundtrack to that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man. I know exactly what you're saying. That's deep. 
Laswell turned me on to that in the... Oh, I dropped my earpiece again. I'm sorry. Hold on one sec. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm back. Hello? So so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Bootsy, we're more connected than you think. Yeah, yeah. We're more connected than you think than, than just, I, I, than I just doing now. an interview right now. And me being a fan... Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's deeper than that. Part of the rebellion. Yes. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than music. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's life and it's like music is, 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 is something that we take people away. Yeah. It's the vehicle. It's the vehicle. It is the vehicle. Yeah. It is. Like you said, man, it's like, it's deeper than the music and it really, is deeper. I mean, whew. I mean, you can't you can't even say how deep it is because it is so deep, you know that it's deeper than deep. Co- coming out my silly sheet, but that mother is you know, there's an angle to the dangle. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Amen. Hey, we definitely got to hook up, man. That that's for sure. Let's talk let's talk about getting that together, man. So make sure we get some info and let's hook let's hook this that's this thing up. That's the same thing I was doing with the uh, the power of the one with all these different different cats, but we were like more musically hooking up. But this can this can be both. Which, which it really should be anyway. The name is Bootsy Baby, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Uh, don't fake the funk or your nose got to grow, Bobble. Hit me! And there you have it. Mixmaster Mike and Bootsy Collins in conversation on the Talk House Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week's episode was produced by Kevin O'Connell. And as always... The TalkHouse theme was composed and performed by The Range. See you next week.